Welcome to the Songwriter Theory Podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Vidala, and we're going to talk about music theory, lyric writing, creative productivity, inspiration, and more. I'm super excited to have you here, so let's dive into the episode. Hello, friend. I hope you enjoyed the series that you just heard, which was the advantages of songwriting with uh, some different instruments. Um, this week, we are going to step back a little bit, and we're going to do a Joseph classic, which is when we step back and think, okay, let's let's take a step back and look sort of philosophically at songwriting, or just take a step back and look at the world around us to figure out... Where, where, where we stand on where we want to go, right? Because the reality is that I'm here to help you with your songwriting goals, right? That's, that's why I'm recording this podcast. And to reach your songwriting goals, you have to have a firm vision of what that is. So I think handling the psychological side or the philosophical side is important. I also think that Philosophy in the loose sense. So when I say that, I mean like when you get a philosophy major or something, which I don't have a philosophy major, so I don't know. I was a, a computer science major. A little different. But I'm talking about philosophy in the sense of like, you know, your favorite soccer coach or football coach or whatever. Like there's different philosophies, right? Is it pass first or run first? You know, is there philosophy great defense and offense that – you know, is conservative and doesn't turn the ball over, or is their philosophy, throw the ball a lot, be super aggressive, throw down the field, you know, philosophies, right? Like that, that sense of philosophy, not like, oh, Plato said, which is also cool stuff. Don't get me wrong. I'm not hating on that. I'm just clarifying what I mean. I, so I, I love the philosophy kind of stuff. And on a, on a practical matter, right? If you're going to listen to this podcast, you and I should probably share some value judgments, right? Um, an easy way to put this is, uh, hopefully you're familiar with who I'm talking about, but like, you're not going to listen to Dave Ramsey if you like debt, right? Because his whole thing is extremely conservative anti-debt, right? Or maybe you don't see it as extremely conservative. But like his thing is like in, in his ideal world, he doesn't even want you to take a loan out for a house or for real estate, which is the one place where like mathematically it can make a lot of sense. But he hates that risk so much, as small as it is, that he doesn't even want you to do that, right? So if you love debt, you're not going to listen to him because it doesn't really make sense. It doesn't fit your value judgments, right? You're probably going to listen to Robert Kiyosaki or whatever, who's like a multi, you know, I think he's almost a billionaire or something at this point, and he still is leveraging debt, like which to me is crazy far the other way. In my opinion, they're both a little extreme. But anyway, you know, regardless of what it is, you generally want to li- listen and learn from someone who, you know, even if what they do is not not exactly what you do, if they have some of the same value judgments and philosophies behind what they do, um, that could be nice to have. So I, I try to shed some light. For you guys, like the perspective that I'm coming from, some of my philosophies, some of how I think. For example, one of the first 
podcasts and blogs I did was on my, um, my Christopher Nolan, uh, principle of creativity. And that whole principle is basically built on, off of attacking the idea that I think a lot of people have that you can either be genuinely art and good or popular. You can't have them both ways, right? Like, however you feel about the Marvel movies, they're not exactly deep art, right? Can we agree on that? Like, they're not. They are enjoyable movies to watch, but there is a reason that they're not going to get, you know, best picture, right? There's a reason for that. You can say, oh, they're just hating. No, like, let's be honest here. There's a reason, right? Like, just just like there's a reason that that you might like The Bachelor and there might be a ton of people watching that crap. But at the end of the day, like it might be entertaining, but it's not exactly high quality art. Right. Do you, we agree on that at least? Um, so oftentimes not high quality art tends to perform very well financially. Right. And it's easy to start to think, well, you know, you can choose sort of like the term sell out, right. Comes from the idea of you get, you lose some of the art artistry of it, right. It's not as artistic anymore, but now you make more money, right. That's sort of the whole idea behind selling out. And one of my philosophies is that's a load of garbage. Uh, Not that selling out that that's a very real thing. Some artists do that. What I'm saying is, this idea that you need to compromise you um, and your art in order to also be financially successful is a load of crap. And uh, the immense success of uh, Christopher Nolan is, to me, the best, most um, transparent example of that. Right. I mean, that guy, he just like walked in a room and people, I I forget what it was. It was something insane that he didn't even need to like make a pitch. They already had agreed to have a budget of over like $200 million for a movie. They're like, oh, it's Christopher Nolan. Yep. Done. Right. And, and, you know, he found a way to make the dark Knight. Like the dark Knight is a superhero movie and it like is an incredible movie, not like a good superhero movie, like Marvel movies where like they're enjoyable and they're not garbage, but like, it's a genuinely brilliant, great movie. And, you know, he's done lots of other stuff. That's, that's amazing. Like inception and, uh, the prestige. If you haven't seen the prestige, go watch that. And even his first full length film memento is really, really good. And, um, you know, he has so many, they're all worth a watch. Um, Dunkirk so good but anyway so that's an example of like my philosophy and don't worry this concept is connected to what we're talking about today so I think it's helpful to know somebody's philosophy because if you're going to follow someone if you're going to learn from someone it's extra nice you don't you know you and I don't have to share all the same value judgments right like you might not think music theory is as important as I do or you might think it's even more important than I do which I doubt but maybe um but you can still learn music theory and songwriting from me, even though it doesn't fully align, right? But you want to be more or less on the same page. Um, and 
that's a part of why I talk about these things. Another thing is just to get your mind thinking a little outside the box and take a moment to step back from the the diving into the process of songwriting and really think about where you are, where you want to go, and what your value judgments are, because knowing what you value is a huge part of being an artist, right? Understanding what's important to you, what's not important to you, so you don't lose your soul um, in this beautiful, messy process of creativity. So specifically what we're talking about today, or what I'm ranting about, I guess, is popular songs are not the same as good songs. This is true of all things. And one of the biggest freaking things that I am just sick of is people being like, well, Taylor Swift, or insert some other pop star that you want to hate on, Halsey, whatever, you know, whoever, which Halsey's better... Better than your average pop star, for sure. Uh, You know, Selena Gomez, Justin Bieber, I don't know. Insert whoever you want there. Must be good. Like, they're the biggest selling artists in the world. What do you mean you don't like the Beatles? They're the best selling blah, blah, blah. They're the greatest band ever, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know what I'm talking about, right? Maybe even you've said that. Maybe you're even guilty of saying that. And it's so weird to me. Because... Nobody would ever say the most popular, almost anything else, is necessarily the best, right? I hear the same people talking about, like, uh, the classics that, that they made us read in school. They're not even that good. Like, which, first of all, most of these people aren't really in a position to be critiquing some of these books. But I t- actually do agree with them on some, right? There are some books that are classics for whatever reason, but frankly, the writing standards back then were different than they are today. And, you know, now what I would consider a good book, and, you know, maybe we disagree here, but, you know, is a readable book, right? The idea of going off on random tangents about just how blue the butterfly is, is not, like, who cares? Nobody cares. Like, get on with the story. I shouldn't have to, like, interpret your English. I should be able to read your English, right? Because I speak English. So I have to interpret your book? That's, like, no. Like, tell the story. Or show me, right? Because you're supposed to show, not tell in writing. But, like, I shouldn't have to, like, a struggle through endless big words and old English words and just a bunch of words that are like, why why don't you just tell me, right? Like, why are you making this communication process so hard? Um, But anyway, the same people that will like hate on the most popular books or the most, you know, classic books, which can go hand in hand, um, or the same people that hate on McDonald's the most popular, most consumed restaurant food in America, I believe on the planet, but I know for sure in America. And nobody would ever say the Whopper from Burger King is the uh, best burger, but it's the best selling burger in the United States. And back to the McDonald's thing, it's far and away the biggest fast food chain in the United States. The final 2018 sales, uh, or sorry, 2017 sales, which was the latest that I happened to find in my research, the company generated $37.5 billion in system-wide sales. 
The next closest, which was Subway, was significantly less. It wasn't half, but it was closer to half than to the actual number. Like, it was a big difference. And McDonald's did that in 14,000 restaurants. Subway, with their much less impressive figure, did it in 26,000 restaurants. Almost double. Oh, I'm sorry. Subway had 10.8 billion. So literally much less than half. That's less than a third of what McDonald's made, with almost double the restaurants. And just comparing McDonald's to Burger King and Wendy's, I mean, financially, it wipes the floor with them in popularity. Even though the Whopper manages to apparently be the most popular burger. But who in their right mind is going to say the Whopper's the best burger in the world? Like, have you ever had, like, any other burger? Right? Like, have you made a burger in your backyard? Because the last... Ten times I made a burger, they were all better than the Whopper. And I'm not hating on the Whopper. In fact, I often defend fast food because I find people write it off too quickly. Like, oh, fast food is gross garbage. Meanwhile, they ate McDonald's last week, right? You know what I mean? Like, you know somebody like that, right? Maybe even you're like that. In which case, I'm sorry, but I'm calling you out. Like, everybody says McDonald's is disgusting until you stop at a rest stop and McDonald's is there. Your mouth waters a little bit and you're like, okay, okay, I'll eat it. And then guess what? You don't want to admit that you probably enjoyed the eating process, but you probably did. Because you know what? It doesn't really taste that bad. Is it high quality food? No. Is it enjoyable food? Yeah. I mean, it depends. Some people may legitimately not enjoy it at all. Most of us don't enjoy it after we've eaten it. But for the most part, there's a reason it's popular, and the reason is not that it's high quality. The same thing is true of movies. The number one box office movie of all time is Avengers Endgame. And your brain is seriously broken if you think that Avengers Endgame is even in the top 1,000 quality films ever made. And that's not a diss. I mean, there's a ton of films made, right? Like, and most often every year, a lot of the best films are ones that you and I probably haven't seen or heard of. Um, and then there are some really good films that we have, right? Like, you know, The Dark Knight is a genuinely very good film. Christopher Nolan is an example in general of, of a director that makes very, very good films that also are popular. For more on the philosophy behind that and why I think he manages to be both artistically good and uh, financially successful, go check out that podcast. It's probably like podcast four or something. Five, I don't know, it was early on. Um, number two, again, all-time box office, Avatar. Number three, Titanic. Number four, Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens. By the way, I am one of the biggest Star Wars fans you will know, and I will be the first in line to admit that movie, I enjoyed that movie, I watched it three times in theaters, which is one more time than I've seen any other film in theaters. Three times in theaters. That is not in, like Avengers Endgame, is not in the top a thousand movies ever made in, like, quality art. It's not. I love Star Wars. Love Avengers Infinity War, Jurassic World, The Lion King, which is basically plagiarized version of, of uh, 
whatever, what is the name of that? Hamlet. There we go. The Avengers. Furious 7. Wow. Oof. Frozen 2. How on earth did Frozen 2 get that high? Interesting. Uh, obviously, because of inflation, the newer movies get a huge advantage. But um, Avengers, Age of Ultron, Black Panther, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, Star Wars Episode Eight, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, Frozen, Beauty and the Beast, Incredibles 2, The Fate of the, the, Fate of the Furious, Iron Man 3, Minions, Captain America Civil War, Aquaman, Captain Marvel, Spider-Man Far From Home. There are very few movies on that list I would even give the credit of being genuinely good art. At all, much less some of the greatest. So why, when it comes to music, do people strive for most popular? And why, on earth, do people nonsensically equate good art, high art, well-made music with popular music. Do you know what the number one song of 2019 was? 2019, of course, is the last year to end, because right now, as of recording this, we are in the first half of 2020. Number one song of 2019 is Old Town Road by Lil Nas X. Featuring Billy Ray Cyrus. However you feel about that song, you might love dancing to it. might make you want to stab your eyes and pull them out of your eye sockets. Don't know? Doesn't really matter. Are you really going to tell me that that is even a good song? Old Town Road. Is that a good song? Is that a quality song? Have you seen the lyrics? Have you heard the song? Like... It's good at what it's trying to do, which is, you know, kind of being a little catchy and being memorable and people laugh and are like, oh, this is cool. And they share it. And that's how it becomes the number one song. Right. I'm not saying that it's worthless. Right. Just like McDonald's isn't worthless. McDonald's has its place in the world and high art or quality burgers is not what that is. Just like Old Town Road is not a quality song. It is an enjoyable song if. You can, I mean, I don't find it enjoyable, but I understand why people find it enjoyable, right? I mean, all these top songs, Sunflower, which is a Post Malone song. I looked at the lyrics, eh. Without Me, Halsey, love the melody in the chorus of that song a lot. I really like the melody, but it's not exactly, again, it's for a pop song. I, it's one of my favorites on here, probably, um, but it's not. Anything to write home about artistically. Bad guy, Billie Eilish, nope. Um, just because a pop singer sounds darker or more mysterious doesn't make them better. Just saying. I'm so sick of that thing. Like, oh, she's so, like, deep and dark. Like, stop being impressed by, like, just a tonal difference. Like, if you f explore any other genre besides pop, that's not a different, interesting thing that makes you good. That's just music, right? Like... Anyway, I won't go on a Billie Eilish rant, although I definitely could. Um, wow by Post Malone. Happier by Marshmallow and Bastille, which I also enjoy that song. Seven Rings. Ugh, what a load of garbage. That song is garbage. It is lyrical garbage. 
I can't even tell you the lyrics on this podcast because we keep it family friendly here. Cannot tell you the lyrics. They're garbage in every possible sense. The song is less than three minutes long and manages to still bore me, which is impressive because a, the point of a pop song is to be catchy. So the, like a boring pop song is the most pointless thing on the planet. And oh my gosh, it's like one light synth with her like trying to rap. Like what is she doing? Her best Nicki Minaj impression? Like are you kidding me? What 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 is that? It's just ugh, gross. And if you like the song, again, that's fine, right? Like I like Taco Bell. It's not high quality food, but I like it. I enjoy it. I recognize that it's not high quality, but I enjoy it. Right? So you can recognize Seven Rings as garbage quality and like it. That's fine. I'm not saying you need to dislike any of this music. Uh, and I'm going to not go through a lot of the rest of these, but Senorita's on there. Thank you, Next. Oh, my gosh. Like, come on, really? Uh, the only song on here that I see that I am like... Anyway. Point is, it is asinine to equate good with popular. It's not the same thing. Can it be popular and good? Yes. Because on the other side, all those people, those really pretentious people that just, you know, like indie music, and they only like indie, and they think it's good because it's different, that is also asinine. You know what is different? If I put my cat on the piano, hit the record button, that would be real different right? That does not make it good. That does not make it high art. Being different does not make something good. So stop with that pretentious crap as well. So I'm not one of those either. Again, Christopher Nolan principle. I didn't bring some director that you've never heard of into it, right? Who I'm like, but he's had like four Emmy nominated films. Like, no, I don't give a rip about that. Christopher Nolan makes it movies that are high art that are also enjoyable to the masses. I think that is the perfect place to be. It's not so pretentious that 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 most people don't get it, right? Because then, like, well, isn't the point to, like, communicate with people? The more people you can reach, the better. Also, we all do want to be popular, right? Like, I don't think, do you think, oh, once I hit a thousand fans, I'm done? Like, come on. Um but it also manages to be high art, but it's not pretentious about it. It just is. It is very good um, while also being popular. But um, So, back to the Whopper. Is it the best-selling burger? Yes. Is it the best burger? No. It's the most widely available. Right? Or... Well, Let's talk McDonald's. Whopper's Burger King. Let's talk McDonald's. Most popular burger joint, right? Makes it a little simpler. No, it's not the best burger. McDonald's does not have the best burgers, does not have the best chicken nuggets, does not have the best fries. Um, They don't. But it's the most widely available. When you go down the street, when you're on a trip and don't know where to stop, McDonald's is there. Right? And you know, you see that art, those arch, and you know what items you have to choose. You know what you're getting into. Just like when you turn on the radio, you're fed the same crap. Right? Wherever you are 
Ariana Grande is right there waiting. All right, you can listen to Ariana Grande whenever the flip you want. You can turn on the radio in the middle of nowhere and they're going to still be playing Ariana Grande. If you mindlessly turn on the radio because you do, if or if you look at like top hits of today and that's the playlist you click on Spotify because we live in the 21st century, Ariana Grande is there. And so is Justin Bieber and all the other pop stars of the world. It's accessible, right? McDonald's is accessible, just like pop songs are, pop music is. You may complain about the taste, but admit it, you kind of like the garbage, right? No matter what, there's something there for you to eat. Like pop music, it's easy to enjoy, right? Pop music is a very easy thing to enjoy. It's not, like, take hardcore rock music with screaming and stuff. Like, so many people can't stomach that. Like, they just can't, they have a, like almost physical reaction to that myself included by the way i I like some harder rock stuff but the second that screaming happens for more than like one phrase i want to shoot myself and i'm done um the most i can put up with is like how breaking benjamin will scream like one or two notes at the end of a line once in a while like that's as much as i can stomach i can't do more so even i'm in this group right but pop music right it doesn't offer anything that's so just out of this world that you like can't put up with unless you have lyrical standards then it does but like for the most part right you can just have pop music on and nothing's gonna stick out to you that's like oh i can't except also annoying synths these days there are so many annoying just grating blow my brains out synths right now where it's like can we not have a synth hook because you're all writing a synth hook at the end of every chorus and they're all garbage annoying to listen to and make me want to shoot myself anyway And it's fast and simple, right? Pop music is like three minutes, three and a half minutes, right? Four minutes is long for a pop song because it's so repetitive, right? It's usually catchy enough, not too complicated. It's singable, right? You can sing it along in the car and you, it has an easy chorus to memorize. You can just sing along. Um, You know, it's for the lowest common denominator, right? That's just the reality. Just like Marvel movies, just like the most popular burger joint is for the lowest common denominator. That doesn't make you a bad person for liking it. It just is the thing that is easy for anyone of any, you know, some people that like high art are still going to like Ariana Grande. Some people think Ariana Grande is high art. Those people are wrong and just don't know what the heck they're talking about uh, because just... I mean, have you looked at the lyrics at all? It's sad, too, because she used to have... like Some of her older stuff was still very inappropriate and immoral, in my opinion. But uh, they were at least catchy. Which is, again, the one job of a pop song. Just like being at least tasty when you eat it in the moment is the job of fast food. So what's the point? Why are we talking about this? Why are we here? Why did I just listen to you rant about this? I thought I'm learning to songwrite. I implore you, stop trying to write a popular song. 
Stop looking into how to write something popular. There's a lot of reasons that I want to get this across. One is that that sounds pretty sellouty. And I'm not saying that you can't want your music to be popular. Of course I want my music to be popular. In my fantasy world, I'm the biggest, most popular artist on the planet, and I finally broke the world from their... I became the Christopher Nolan of music, right? The one who is the number one, right? Because Christopher Nolan has to be the number one director right now, right? And I don't think it's close. Like, Christopher Nolan movies get a lot more attention than Steven Spielberg movies now by a wide margin. I mean, it's like, it's to the point that like, you just say it's a Christopher Nolan film and we're all like, give me like, take my money, right? Like, I don't even care what it's about. Couldn't care less. Don't care. Cause in Christopher Nolan, I trust, right? So in my ideal world, I become that of music, right? Where I've revolutionized the world back to like, wait a second, we can have music that we all like and hits us hard and is lyrically sound and and means something right and isn't all about just like sex like my goodness pop song like seriously pop music like this is to you all pop music can you do anything besides talk about sex it's so pathetic it's it's just sad like what else do you do do you not have any interest? Do you not have anything actually happen in your life that all you can do is write a version of a love song, if you want to call it that, that's revolving around sex? Like, oh my goodness. And I know there's some exceptions to that, but my goodness, it is a large amount of it. Um, and you're not subtle about it either. Like, some of it's just downright X-rated. A anyway, there are people out there that will help you or claim to be able to help you write a hit. If that's what you want, this podcast and my stuff is not for you. Because I think that that is a dumb thing to chase for multiple reasons. One is I think artistic in integrity is an important thing. Um, I don't want to write music if I can't write music that I feel is meaningful. which at the end of the day is sort of what art is about, in my opinion. Not all the time, right? I'm not saying that you can't have some, like a light song. Of course you can. Of course there's value in that. That doesn't make it a bad song. But at the end of the day, making music to make money, first of all, choose something else, because your probability of making great money from this is obviously not high. Um, second, I, I truly believe that as creators, we have this higher calling because a creator at its heart, right? Whether that be a movie maker, director, or songwriter like ourselves, book writers, right? You took nothing and made something with everything else, right? My, like, I have a hobby of board gaming. I love board games. Right? Like, I love Machi Koro and, and, um, uh, just so many games that I just, like, I literally own, like, 60 board games. When I say board games, like, not Monopoly, it's garbage. But anyway, 
If you're a board gamer, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Even if you don't know Machi Koro, like Ticket to Ride, all that kind of stuff. Um, but after I play a game, that might be a fun experience. After I, you know, somebody plays a video game, that might be a fun experience. So like, I enjoy skiing and snowboarding and like those are cool things. But I didn't add anything to the world really. When you create a song or a book, you gave the world a gift. Or you can choose to give the world a gift or a pile of crap that they pay you money for. Um, and I think it is our responsibility to give the world a gift. And again, I'm not saying a lot of us, I think, write music for ourselves, for self-therapy. But then when we release it to the world, it should be for others, if that makes sense. And maybe your whole goal is you want to write a pop song or you want to write some, you know, hit. And I think that's a not a calling and that's the equivalent of saying I want to be a multimillionaire or a billionaire, which there's nothing inherently wrong with except that you saying that to an extent, shows your priorities, right? Like, I want to be a multimillionaire. I'm working towards it. But I don't want to be a multimillionaire for multi-millions of dollars, right? I, I want to be there for other reasons. That is not about the money. So I wouldn't word it that way. So you saying, like, oh, I want to be a billionaire. Like, yeah, you and everybody else. Like, you want to write a popular song like everybody else. But the focus on that is the wrong thing to focus on, Right? If you want to, you know, build an important legacy and make sure your family is, is set for life and, and be able to give more money to people who need it and be able to, you know, feed a whole s small country, right, who their people are starving, and that's why. You want to be a billionaire. That's a noble cause, right? But if you just want to be a billionaire, like, that's not, why? Like, are you that, why, why do you need a billion dollars, right? But if it's to do something with it, even, even if it is just building a great company that helps people in the world, right? Like, I don't know Jeff Bezos, but like, if his thing is really that he feels it's his calling to give, to revolutionize how the world bought things and to make it easier and make it, you know, it, you know, maybe he has this higher calling in there, right? Like that. And that might be why he got to where he is concentrating on the calling, not on, you know, start with why. If you've read the Simon Sinek book, I highly recommend it. Start with why by Simon Sinek will revolutionize your luck. Almost guaranteed. Then read, find your why to find yours. Um, and that's sort of what I'm ranting against, because I see some other uh, YouTubers or whatever out there that teach songwriting, and they're all about, like, how to write a pop song. Let's analyze the newest Ariana Grande song to show you how to do that. Like, that's gross to me. Just, no. And if that's what you want, that's fine. Um, but I just want to make it very clear that then this podcast is not for you. And that's okay. Because this relationship, I hope, is two ways, right? You can email me. You can reach out to me, joseph at songwritertheory.com. 
I love to have conversations with you. I've had conversations with some listeners. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Good stuff. Um, and, you know, a relationship has to be two ways. And I don't want to waste your time if my values are different than yours. And my value is that we should be able to be the Christopher Nolan of songwriting, even if we never reach that popularity. Just that concept, right? Where it's it's both likable. It's not pretentious indie. Like, it's so different that it's good BS. Um, but it's also not just equate falsely equating popular with good, which is also asinine, stupid, which is what this whole rant was about. Your whole life and work. You want to be worthwhile. And to me, it becomes worthwhile with that higher calling of creating something that you can feel good about because you feel that it is quality. Quality art, quality poetry, quality song. That's what I want for you. That's what I want for myself. That's what I want for this group, that we're raising the standard. We say, hey, popular music doesn't have to be this overproduced garbage that's basically just one synth riff that's catchy with garbage lyrics put over it that's all about the same old crap. We know that you can make good art that is also likable to the masses. And that is what we feel the need to do. Also, another thing is, why does everybody look at the Taylor Swifts of the world and say that's what they want? As if that's the definition of success. Because that's basically like looking at Jeff Bezos for financial success, right? Like, why? Because A statistically speaking, there's like only one of them, right? Like right now, Taylor Swift is the top pop star in the world. She's number one. Right now, Jeff Bezos is the richest man in the world, richest human in the world. It is statistically almost impossible to be that. And why is that even something to strive for? Because the reality is... If you don't think that you'd be extremely pleased with being a 10 millionaire, maybe even just a millionaire, but once you're worth 10 million, which by the way, 10 million is like pocket change to Jeff Bezos. I mean, his net worth is like a million times that, you know what I mean? I mean, just insane higher. It's not a million times that, but it's a lot. Like, so incredibly more than that. And I think you and I would be very happy. I'll speak for myself. I I definitely care about money. um, Because I think, to some extent, money can buy freedom. So I am not panning money. If you gave me a billion dollars, I would be fine with that, right? Like, I, I feel I could put it to good use. I, like... I strive to be financially successful in life as well as successful in, you know, other more important things. But I know, like once you hit, I don't know, 50 million, 
The rest is just money making more money, which is fine. I have no problem with that, right? I have no problem with Jeff Bezos' net worth. The man made Amazon, and Amazon is used by all of us. So that's why he's worth all that, because that, because he built that. Like, I, that's what happens. Like, I'm 100% okay with that. Um, but the reality is that he could give away 99.999% of his money and his lifestyle would not change at all. Because at some point, there's only so much in the world that money can buy. And sort of the same thing is true with popularity and stuff. Like, you as a musician don't need to be even in the same conversation as Taylor Swift. Not even in the same... Different planets than Taylor Swift and can be a multi-million dollar net worth singer-songwriter who travels the world playing their music, right? Which is really what you want, right? Like you want to, I assume all of us in our dreams, right? We want to A, be financially successful as a singer-songwriter. We want to B, be able to, if we wanted to, maybe you don't want to, but we want to be able to travel the world and play shows in different places, right? Like I want to be able to have the option to go on a U.S. tour or the option to go on a tour through Germany and England or a tour through, you know, India and, and Japan and China. Like how cool would that be, right? Like I want to be able to do those things. And if you can do all those things, the only difference between you and Taylor Swift is how many people know your name. Your name is not in the tabloids probably in this theoretical case. And um, your number in your investments and bank accounts are different. But the reality is you live in a pretty similar house because at some point, no more money is going to buy you a bigger house, right? Like, I think the vast majority of us with a $10 million house, that is about $9 million more than whatever our dream house is, Right? So, and at some point it just stops because at some point you have enough money to buy a country and why, why would you even want that? Right? Like it, money runs out of, for like stuff you can buy. And it's the same way with popularity, right? Stop looking at that 0.0000000001%. Stop it. Cause your happiness is well before that. Nobody needs Jeff Bezos money to feel financially free and successful and be able to quit their day job, right? Really, being a millionaire, you can quit your day job and be done forever if you're financially, you know, not bad financially. Um, One million. That man's worth like, what is it, 200 billion? Which a a billion is is a thousand millions for frame of reference. A thousand millions, right? So, so even one billion, a thousand millions, right? So 200 billion is what? 200,000 millions? Like that's just like you, you're, I guarantee your brain can't wrap around that. I'm a math guy. Got all A's in my math classes, software developer by day. Can't wrap my mind around that. So again, this isn't about money. Money's a little part of it, right? Because part of our artistic success, I think we're going to measure by, to some extent, money, I think, unfortunately. But 
Um, if you're anything like me specifically, I want to be financially successful, but if I had to choose between a million dollars and a million fans of my music, but I never get a cent from them, I would absolutely choose B, no question. It's not even, it's not even close. Um, and again, I treasure money. Like I, I run a rigorous budget. I have money goals. So like money's important to me. And I still say that. Um, but that being said, happiness, fulfillment from songwriting and from everything in life comes so far, so far before these top people that we look at. And the reality is those top, top people are always going to be an intersection of doing the right thing and luck. But just doing the right thing, which is all we can control, is usually going to be enough to get to the point of a level of success that we should be content and feel good about. So stop aiming to be the next Jeff Bezos. You're not going to be. Aim to be the next local business person who, at 40 years old, no longer has to work because they built up a business that generates, you know, $10 million a year. So they can take their $500,000 a year salary for doing nothing at 40 years old, right? Like who we, you'd probably kill for that life, right? Like I, that sounds like a great life to me. Um, pretty sure they're pretty happy. Don't think they mind not being Jeff Bezos, you know what I mean? Like, that buys a lot of big screen TVs. That buys a lot of house, right? Like, I mean, they they could buy a house, a million dollar house cash in two years, ignoring taxes and all that, right? So like, and that's like such a minuscule amount. I mean, that's, that's like an ant next to Jeff Bezos's next net worth. Similarly, as a musician, you can find success and popularity and impacting lots of people's lives with your music so far before Taylor Swift. So stop, stop aiming for that. It's not a noble thing to aim for. It's not a helpful thing to aim for because your probability of getting there is like zero. Um, so I'm not saying aim low, like a few weeks ago, month ago, whatever I talked about, I have a little bit of delusion. This is, this might sound like it's contradicting that. It's not. Because A, I'm pretty sure I told you not to delude yourself all the way to Taylor Swift. Level of popularity or Jeff Bezos. But also, I said be a little delusional, right? Um, so even if you want to believe that you can become that, that's fine. My whole thing is... That shouldn't be your primary goal. Your primary goal is how can I impact the most people with my music? Because it's a noble calling to be a creator. You have the ability to impact people's lives. So I'm asking you, please impact it for the good of their lives. Not another pop rap song that's talking about money. And uh, we'll say women because I'm family friendly podcast. So I'm not going to use the word that they often use. Uh, which is very derogatory towards women, which so surprised. One of the, no, I'm not going to go there anyway. Um, just, which by the way, seven rings is basically a rap song in every one of those ways. Cause she talks about money and uses the word that I'm not going to say multiple times. Just ridiculous. Anyway, 
I believe that we are obligated as creators to give the world better than that garbage. Because I'm sorry, regardless of how you feel about Ariana Grande, Seven Rings did not make the world a better place. In my humble opinion. Which is so humble that I've talked about my opinion for the last 48 minutes. So, with that being said, I hope this uh, podcast helped you in some way, uh, gave you food for thought. Maybe you're pivoting back on like, wait, yeah, I, I am aiming for the wrong thing with music. Or maybe you thought to yourself, oh, well, I realize Joseph and Songwriter Theory is not for me because all I want is to write popular songs um, rather than writing good songs that I hope also will be popular, which is a very different thing. Uh, at the very least, I hope that this sort of reset your compass so that if before you were aiming for success by certain measurements of money or listeners or whatever, and you stopped, uh, and now you realize that maybe you're aiming at the wrong thing and aiming at the right thing is to write quality music that you can be proud of, um, that you can feel good about, that you feel can impact people deeply, can help them out of a bad day, whatever your cause is, whatever your thing is, um, and you were able to re sort of pivot and be like, okay, I realized I was sort of looking at the wrong end goal here. Um, and even though we all want commercial success, we all want, you know, like I said, we'd all be ha very happy with a billion dollars. Uh, that shouldn't be what you aim for. If you aim for the right thing, a billion dollars might come too. And that would be great. You know, musically, probably not, but you know, if you make a new web app or whatever. Um, so similarly, don't aim for that kind of success. Aim to do the right thing with music. Take this noble calling of being a creator very seriously. Thank you for listening. Thank you for hearing me out for this long podcast. If you agree with my philosophies and what I have to say and my standpoint that we should stand for a higher calling, please leave a review at, well, preferably iTunes. Uh, if you feel you could give it five stars, that would be awesome. If not, feel free to either not leave a review or email me, Joseph at Songwriter Theory, on how to improve this podcast. If there are specific things you would like me to talk about, please email me, Joseph at SongwriterTheory.com, which again, Joseph is spelled J-O-S-E-P-H. So if you spelled that wrong before, I did not get your email. Also, I have responded to every email I've ever gotten. So that means if I didn't respond to your email, I didn't get it. So you might want to resend it. Um, because again, legitimately, I've responded to every email I've gotten. So, um, and I plan to do that for as long as I possibly can. Um, which at the time of recording this is um, easily going to happen for the foreseeable future. Um, if you listen to this podcast in two years, I don't know where we are at that point. So um, I don't know. But my goal. Just respond to every single email because at the end of the day, this podcast is about you and I still have enough time to be able to respond to all of the emails that I do get. If someday there's a million people's, and that's not realistic, a thousand people emailing me a day, obviously I wouldn't have time to reach out to every single person, even though I would really want to. Um, but we are not at that point yet. So I would be happy to hear from you. Please, please reach out. Let me know what you want me to talk about. I would love to talk about what you want me to talk about because this podcast is for you. 
not for me, despite what you may think after this podcast where I just went on a giant rant. Um, but uh, I think it's important to have these talks. So, yeah, reach out, email me, even if you just want to talk, want to send me one of your songs or whatever, do it. In fact, uh, the last person who did that, I think, mentioned the idea of playing different listeners' songs at the end of the podcast. I'll do that again. So if you send me your song, um, as long as it doesn't have, like, inappropriate language in it or or something that I can't, I can't, I feel I can't have on this podcast, assuming it doesn't have any of that, um, I will most likely be very willing to feature it on this podcast as the final music because, uh, again, this podcast is about you. Thank you for listening. And I will talk to you next week with something probably not as ranty and more uh, on the practical side again. Because I don't like to do too many of these uh, more philosophical ones too often. Because I know at the end of the day, uh, you're mostly here to learn about songwriting. And these podcasts should be the exception, not the rule. So I'll talk to you next week. <laughs>